Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is the man who thinks, yeah, a hen really can look dapper when wearing a tie. It's Will. (laughs) A hen? Did you say a hen? A hen wearing a tie. When do we see a hen wearing a tie? It's better that you don't get that reference for everybody involved. (laughs) <laughs> uh, i'm afraid I'm, I'm very afraid um okay i look forward to finding out what that's about um for anyone who hasn't joined us before this is the show where we do three of three we watch three episodes of an anime given to us by sam um something i haven't seen before because i haven't seen a lot because i'm the noob um and sam's the expert who uh, gives us his choice of show um we watch three episodes and we decide whether it's good enough to get into the universe whether it's good enough to show to an absolute novice and uh, Sam knocks things over on his desk while I'm talking. It's great for, uh, it's good stuff. Great production here. At Keeping the, you on your toes, well. In the universe. Um, if you like what you hear, as always, pass the pod and tell a friend. Um, see if this could be the episode to get your new friend hooked on anime. Um, because this week we've got an interesting one, which I'm really excited to talk about. It is Ooh. Drifters. <laughs> Yes, this week we are looking at Drifters, a 2016 anime by Studio Hoods Entertainment, um, a studio that is so obscure that I actually had to go and do a bit of a deep dive into it so that I could understand who they were and what they did. Turns out there used to be a hentai company making <laughs> animated porn. So, <laughs> well, I mean, there we go. I think it's credit, credit to it that I didn't wouldn't have said that. But fair enough. Yeah, I mean they do a pretty good job this time round. Um, their backlog consumes their backlog consists of quite a lot of romance and rom com stuff and a fighting game adaptation. As for Drifters, we're looking at a twelve episode show and three OVA episodes. It's a senin, which means it's aimed at an older audience, uh, and it follows various mis- famous historical fig- figures and warriors as they enter a fantastical world to fight to the death. But will. Yes. Let's get into the nitty gritty. What <laughs> actually happens in these first three episodes? Oh, right. Okay. Right. Before we even get into that, um, can I just say, you need to give me a heads up of where to find this stuff because I was oh, like, yeah. I, I tuned in late last night and, you know, it's, it's, it's my own fault for not sitting down earlier to watch the show. But I was like, right, let's go to Funimation. No, no, it's not on Funimation. Let's go to Crunchyroll. Mm. No, it's not on Crunchyroll. Netflix, Amazon Prime. No, no. I have to yep. go to the high sea. So first of all... I was yo ho yo ho. I was peed off because adverts and crap and stuff pop ups pop ups. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, right, we finally got it up and loaded, and I was like, I'm going. It's got to that stage now where I need some alcohol. So I went and poured myself a gin. Now I don't know if you ever drink gin and tonics, but it's yeah, they're the, quite nice. They're, they're fairly refreshing. Right, the tonic, a fresh bottle of tonic. Right, I have this really bad habit of forgetting that it's fizzy opening it and it just spurts everywhere right so i was getting ready for the show had the gin ready had the ice and then i unscrewed the top very carefully i remembered (laughs) right and poured in the tonic and i was like perfect ready to go i then put the bottle back in the fridge and tasted the gin and it was a little bit strong so i got the bottle back out of the fridge opened the lid and lo and behold it went everywhere and I had to spend the next five minutes. And I was like, how? It's already open. But I don't know, it built up some pressure in the fridge. So already I am... So this is your headspace coming into this show yeah. is annoyed that you can't find it. Annoyed because of your uh, your yeah. gin t- 
catastrophe. And the third and the, the third thing that happened that really pissed me there's off. There's another. Yes. I oh, got no. I got five well no, I got ten minutes into the show with the dub. Uh-huh. Did you watch the dub? I watched the sub. Yes, good. That was the right choice to do, Sam. Do you know why? Why? Because they don't they don't, they don't dub subtitle the, the fake language. They don't <laughs> dub the fake language. They don't they don't dub or sub any of the Elvish stuff. <laughs> so I'm there for like a couple of minutes, like, oh, maybe this isn't important. Maybe they're only in it for a little oh, bit. And I don't mate. But it's like ninety percent of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go off and then watch it in sub and it was oh it's just so frustrating. Oh man, I feel for you. That is yeah. Oh, okay. so expect a stellar review from Will, and yeah, not tinged by his experiences in the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's another it's another fucking isekai, Sam. It's another fucking isekai, Will. So <laughs> I can't get. Over. Sorry, that is just so funny to me. Uh, oh wow, they've maybe are they speaking Japanese? But they were speaking English a minute ago. <laughs> maybe it's not important. <laughs> Ten minutes later. Yeah, it seems pretty important. <laughs> Incredible scenes. So, our protagonist is this soldier dude, Toyahisha? Toya- Toyahisha. Toyahisha. Who's the son of some general. He's some village warrior, samurai warrior. We don't really need to know the ins, ins and outs of it yet, but he's in some period in mm. history. Um, and he's in the middle of a battle. And then, bam, he gets pulled out of his reality and dumped into this other world filled with elves, dragons, and goblins and stuff. Although the goblins just look like pigs. Um, yeah. That seems to be quite a recurring thing. Orcs and goblins in Japanese media tend to look like pigs. Like uh, yeah. that time I got reincarnated as a slime, all the orcs in that look like pigmen. Oh, so, cool. Kind of weird choice, but yeah. Um, and he, he gets completely transported mythically into this other world and he's all cut up from the battles in his world. So some elves find him and take him to the abandoned castle, which isn't actually abandoned because there's two people living there. Yep. He finds these two people who are from his world, but from different time periods. He knows who they are. Um, mm-hmm. he remember, he, he recognizes their names. And the commonality seems to be that these drift, these are all called drifters who are warriors or intent in conquering land in some way. They sort of reference that these people all have yeah. the same sort of goal and desire to conquer and like, dominate claim land claim, for their own claim land for their own exactly and after three episodes by the end of episode three the plot seems to be just following the battles and wars of this world through the eyes of the drifters who mm-hmm. know nothing of the world the evil guys the bad the, the bad black king the black king who we find out are called the ends which is a dumb name um pretty dumb name yeah but it's it, english so it sounds cool it just reminds me of it just it just reminds me of gangster ends. stuff like i'm from the ends bruv like um, bruv. once an end always an end and then there's the octoberists who are the organization yes. set up to oppose the ends and reunite the drifters or, or unite the drifters not reunite unite the drifters in order to win some mm. war that's going on or it's just the name you call a drunk person at octoberfest or with a such quick, an Octoberist. With a quick Google, they are a member of a Russian political party from the early 20th century whose program favoured modern constitutionalism before finally joining ah. the cadets, constitutional democrats, in the progressive bloc of 1915, which called for more representative leadership and new reforms. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I was getting... <laughs> I mean, I can't say that you've not done your research, so fair enough. <laughs> I've done no <laughs> you've looked other... into it more than I have. <laughs> I've done no other research. Just, I, I want to make that very aware going into this. 
it took me far too long to actually cotton on to the fact that these are historical fi- figures because I recognized about two of them. And mm. I, uh, there, there's a lot of Japanese ones. Yeah. And I, I, I genuinely was like, I, I feel like these are all real people. And then Joan of Arc turns up and I'm like, yeah, these are real people. Like, ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that one. I, I, I've heard of that one. I don't remember the fire wielding and the yeah. ability to destroy massive doors with one, with a couple of swipes and things like that. But, with a single strike of yeah. a hand. Yeah. It kind of, yeah, seems a little bit uh, suspicious yeah. to be honest. Miss, but, uh, missed out of the history books, that one. But, um, yeah. I mean, if, if history is written by the victors and if the, your opponent was a, uh, a fire wielding, psychopath then you'd probably want to admit that for a future <laughs> reference I guess. Um, yeah but yeah yeah that's a pretty succinct um version of events <laughs> going on here it is an isekai where historical figures get chucked into a dungeons and dragons-esque world mm. and basically have to fight to conquer it i guess seems to be the thing um can we start off with uh shimazu and uh his whole introduction with that kind of weird filter over the top and that that initial battle that opens up the whole show yeah yeah um, so is this toy he, his what, what did you call him you, we're calling him uh, first Shi, shimazu he's his his personal name is uh toyohisa are we not on first name terms names. uh yeah well i know him close and personal actually uh yeah. we conquered a world together a while back yeah. and uh decided to exactly I, so, we, so we can go with toy I mean, that's why i'm back yeah, yeah. 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 okay we'll come, yeah we'll come to to uh, and he's from the Shima, shimazu clan yes. um which are waging war against uh other states in japan what did you think of his final stand it was amazing like it was in so good it's such a good opening scene and it's just it just plays into all the stereotypes of let's just fill this with action intense music intense just uh, lots of quick paced stuff lots of blood lots of gore lots of uh, very gory very gory and i mean it's hard to talk about this scene without talking about the animation in general um Mm. but from the word go the the colors and the um the contrast in the colors there's so much shadow and boldness to all the characters and there's sort of like um uh what's the what's the what's the i'm trying to think of the phrase it's like um, a watered down it's not it's not like not like vivid colors it's quite a water diluted quite muted yeah muted color palette and um mm. yeah that's really powerful and really impressive yeah and he goes there's lots of running there's lots of slicing down villagers samurai style swords through throats they don't hold back yeah. on you know decapitations and stuff there's blood everywhere yep. yeah they they kind of really focus on that uh brutality of the of the battles of the, this era where one errant arrow or one bad block equals death and the, the shimazu samurai and warriors are just seemingly battle crazed they're not willing to go down there's one guy gets peppered with arrows and yeah, then he yes. tries to stand back up. Yes. I've written that, and he just gets impaled as he's he's he's, oh. he's he's getting his resolve. He's building up his courage. He's like, "I'm gonna get up, and I'm gonna." F- oh no, no, mate! Bang! You're, you are not. He gets impaled. Yeah, spear to the back. Oh, he's utterly brutal. But it all kind of culminates with the leader of the Shimazu clan trying to escape, and uh, Toyohisa basically saying, "Get going, Uncle. I'll hold the line." Yeah. And he just has this epic showdown with the the enemy lord. I mean, and he's jumps insane. Him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's completely unhinged. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> he's at close combat with the general, and then all mm. of a sudden, every, his his whole army or forces are like, "Let's protect our general." And then the, then they're sort of there. There was kind a bit of of, moving the way. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit um, sort of let's 
just make this happen so we can get a cool scene. So he's, um, he's then, he's then, it is a hell of a cool scene. It is a hell of a cool scene. He's then got this barrier of soldiers with spears all pointing at him and he can't get to the general. Although now I'm thinking about it, he ends up shooting the general. So it's so good. (laughs) Does he, does he need to jump? Does he need, if he's got a long, if he's got a long distance ranged weapon, like you, he does the jump because you think he's got to get close. Yeah, well, I, I think that it is it is for that purpose because guns at that time, like the, unless you they have fire a rifle three that feet. was too, yeah, exactly. You've <laughs> got to have like a a three foot long rifle to shoot somebody that's a meter away from you, yeah. and he yeah. had a handheld right. pistol esque yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool though because he jumps up, he gets impaled, and he just pulls this gun out of nowhere and just shoots the general through the heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, dude, you did it. And then they all retreat, and he sort of pulls the spears out of him. Are we? Is he super superhuman? Do we find out? Because the, there are characters in this that have superhuman powers. Superpowers, so, yeah. So uh, is he? Do, do we find out later on that he's got some sort of untapped ability, untapped potential? Um, as far as I can remember, I think the Drifters' side tends to just be oh. uh, themselves and their prowess as a human. Mm. It's the ends who get some sort of weird related to their life power like the ice and the fire right uh, so they're General not so, oh right so they're not drifters i thought drifters were just people that came from the other world because jonah because those people are still fiction not fictional still real characters from yeah from history. historical canon but they are they're prescribed to yeah so that kind of ties into the greater conflict of the um the the show it's that there's these two characters uh easy who is this um <laughs> yeah. gothic girl yeah uh who let me just find my notes on it we- yeah so this gothic girl who is fi- seemingly fighting or is in conflict with a guy called murasaki who is this kind of salaryman chain smoking secretary <laughs> yeah. who's who's pulling people who are about to die into this fantasy world so we see Toyohisa comes in. Um, there's Oda Nobunanga. Yeah. I probably butchered his name there. Yeah. Nob- Nob- <laughs> Nobunanga. <laughs> Nobunaga. Nobunaga. Yeah. Um, who is a, a, like this infamous general in um, Japanese history uh, to the point where he has loads of strategy games based around him, oh, loads wow. of uh, anime made about him, where of course he's a very cute anime girl. Uh, but here, he's not a cute. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but here, he's not a cute anime girl. He's a. Why he looks more like a pirate? Uh, I don't. I don't need to ask why, do I? It Japan doing Japan things. Yeah, cute, a cute anime girl sell. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> no, not fair at all. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like what? Just come up with another. Ca- just don't. It's, if it's not just have him as a cool character don't don't make him a pretty girl or just, like or just if you want a pretty being... girl if you want a pretty girl to to sell make a pretty girl character you don't need to make she's no. she's clearly not him <laughs> like it's clearly now, not the same now person no nah, don't you understand but this is the female super cute version of version Nobunaga. he's not he's not like a, <laughs> he's not a computer program you can he's... just tweak and change what you want he was a real person like he's he's already there but, you can't you can't don't mess with the you, formula you and the japanese moe industry have got a lot of reconciling to do mm. before this podcast is done yeah oh wow okay yeah what we're we talking about anyway yeah so good first fight gets you hooked in yeah uh, animation like you said was really really good um 
and then we meet our kind of core group, mm. which is uh, Toyohisa, uh, Nobunaga, and I missed the name of the archer. Yoichi? Yoichi. Nas- yes. Nasusuketaka Yoichi. Mm. Who is the oldest, from the oldest time period yeah. of the three, but the youngest of them. And they have this weird exchange yeah. where they're all chatting about their ages and who's they're all running, the oldest and who's the youngest. Yeah. They're all running to the uh, to the burning village, and um, mm. uh, Toyohisa is 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 quicker than uh, Nobunaga, Nobunaga, and uh, Nobunaga. Yeah, that's right. And um, Nobunaga's like, well, I'm almost, I, I'm I'm fifty years old, and Toyohisa's like, I'm thirty, and Yochi's like, I'm only nineteen. Ha <laughs> ha. ding I win. Yeah. What did you think of the comedy in this in general? Because there's a lot of moments where it kind of. Mm smash cuts to chibified versions of the characters doing either chatting really quickly about historical things that have happened or doing something completely mundane. Yeah. Like plucking ducks. I think, yeah, some of it was good. Some of it landed. I think partly because I think partly my, my own ignorances and stuff and uh, naiveties around this, this type of comedy, a lot of it didn't land. Um, Mm. And I thought, I thought it was just a bit on the nose to be so I don't know whether I don't know whether I found it good or not the over like you say the historical explanations and the um over um exposition stuff where they try to make it so much more energetic and so much more intense just to sort of maintain yeah, people's the characters just kind of scream at each other it could at have... events that happen in history yeah. and it's like eh. And I think it feels like they're just trying to keep people engaged while they do this exposition. It's like we need, we can't just have them talking because people will find that boring. So let's do, you know, let's chippify them. Let's scream, scream it out. Let's have them argue about it. Let's have big, blur, big, intense fire going on behind them as they talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know whether it's necessary. Um, either, either just do it or don't do it. Uh, yeah, you don't need to jazz everything up. But. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a weird mini history lesson on a lot of these characters. Um, that honestly, apart from maybe Nobunaga, I'm probably not gonna revisit or need to know about. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of coming into the show, I'm not here for a history lesson, right? I I want to know who the character is, a brief kind of intro, and go. And and I must say, to be fair compared to um, <laughs> record of Ragnarok right which I feel that there's a fair few comparisons coming mm. um this is a good job of of kind of setting the character up and just kind of dropping like dropping them into the world and we can just go with them from there like, yeah we don't find out much about uh Nobunaga's history we f- get that intro scene with Toyohisa, uh, to- mm. but that kind of plays into him coming to the world so that actually builds into his character development and then for the archer just yep she's sorry not she he's just there and is really good at shooting things and i think that that's a good way of just being like okay let's get to the action and we can reveal more things later down the line if we need to versus ragnarok's here's an entire episode of setup for a character who's about to get bodied Yeah, and that goes to the fact that I didn't even realise that these were real historical figures. I sort of had an inkling because some of the references seemed a bit too specific. Very specific. Um, but 
yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't as in your face as, and it didn't didn't need to be. Like you say, like you can still enjoy this more than enough without having any idea that these are real historical figures because it's it's completely fantasy. Record of Ragnarok, mm. you are the whole premise is based on these historical figures, so you need those people. You need to explain those people a little bit more. Whereas here, there mm. is a story there anyway. Without yeah. these, you, you could do this with completely fictional characters and it would still work. Yeah. It's just the fact that. And you just. Yeah. They've chosen to yeah, go this way. And you just need these characters. You just need to know that these are warrior characters. And just by design alone, you can kind of tell who's good at doing what. We know that Nobunaga is a good general and he uses a gun. Mm. We know that Toyohisa has a sword, so he's going to be up close and personal. <laughs> and that the archer is, well, an archer. And you can then start to tell the story and have these characters engage and fight and do things tactically and strategically without having to go, ah, but this is why they're <laughs> the greatest archer of all time. Yeah, I think even even without the we- the weapons are a clear giveaway, but like you can tell that through the story anyway. You don't need backstory or even the the weapons are obviously necessary to tell that. But like the very first scene we meet, Yochi. They're in the tree and they've got the bow and arrow and they're, they're, they're mm. taking aim. And, you know, you get that feel that they're a brilliant archer anyway. So it's through just showing what that through telling the story, yeah. you get that. Um, you, you get the gist of what everyone's good at. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Okay. So where do we want to go from here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's just follow the, follow the thread. So our drifters hear a commotion nearby um these elf children who'd helped them are being attacked and assailed and our drifters go to the aid of the elf village and essentially the local humans it seems are assholes yeah and they are is he he not a bit is he not a bit too much of an asshole this this dude this main general oh yeah knight guy he's um he reminds me of uh jamie lannister from series one of game of thrones he's just He's yeah. just an absolute being, dick for being a dick's sake. Power's gone to his head. 100%. Um, yeah. And he's there to be the foil, right? He's there to just kind of set up that these drifters, they might be scrappy and they might be kind of uh, unhinged and look scary, but they've got hearts of gold where it really counts, which is to choke slam a guy and smash his face in with the hilt of your scabbard until flesh and teeth fly off and then getting an angry mob to... Stab him to death. So yeah, Jamie um, Jamie Lannister, as we're now calling him, is excellent. He comes into the village of elves and basically just talks shit to them. He puts them down, belittles them, and they're all like, "Hey guys, just let us be, let us do our thing." And he's like, "No, you know what? You're all gonna die eventually. All these other, all these other races, these lesser races, you know, screw you. You're gonna be extinct soon, and we're gonna rule. All right, just deal with it." Um, how surprise it, racism is bad <laughs> and he's like how many of you should i kill i've been g- given permission to kill up to 50 percent of you and he just starts stabbing people randomly and like gets people to kill gets his guards to to, to wipe out some of the village and it's mm. it's just so villainous i was a bit like oh yeah. god this, and it is pretty brutal really? to be fair um and then our protagonists our, our group of drifters they are like let's go defend this village, there's clearly stuff going down. And Toyohisa in particular leads it because the elves are the people who saved him. You know, he was dying and they yeah. sort of brought him. him a favor. Yeah. So he wanted to, he wanted to protect them. So he went in 
and just <laughs> there's a bit when he's running to the village running to the village it just reminded me of uh monty python's holy grail when they're charging at the castle because he's <laughs> run away because he's just charging in the distance and they're just watching him and he's he's just coming towards them taking an absolute age to get to them just sword in hand like and they're like, should we stop him? <laughs> nah. And then yeah, all of the... a sudden he's he's on him and he gets really pissed off because he's the, the Jamie Lannister's killed all these go- uh, goblin, no, elves. Elves, yeah. And he just beats seven shades of tar out of all of his men and then beats the crap out of Jamie Lannister himself before kind of inspiring the village to rise up against their oh, oppressors. And right. No, let's, take up let's, let's pick apart this because it, it, it's basically okay. the setting the power level isn't it of this place the the elves mm. literally say he's a real knight like backed by the magistrate oh, yeah, or he's something. by the magistrate yeah. yeah and it's like not even a drifter can defeat him and then lamau jobbed <laughs> and then it just uh he happens to somehow do it but the even even within this fight there's a lot to talk about like the the first move he throws the sword at the dude yeah and then just while he's watching, while he's blocking the sword, he just charges, headlocks the dude, and pounds him to death. And I, I, I actually had to look away. I'm, I'm not, I'm not squeamish. Oh, really? When he's pounding that um, sheath on his face, yeah. like he's just going, going yep. to town, and like you just bits, see bits of tooth and yeah. flesh, just I mean, kind of splattering on the ground. That was good. I enjoyed that bit, but just seeing that impact oh, yeah, go I enjoyed down. Enjoyed the man getting his face smashed. Oh in. my god, it was brutal. And the guy's like, just stop, stop. He actually has to leave stop. me alone. And then, and then he doesn't finish him off. He makes the, um, he makes the elves finish him off. These little villagers and they all pick up yeah. arms and they all just go and stab him over and over again. It is harsh. It is so harsh. But it's, but, like, but it's that brutality of war, isn't at the it? Same time. Yeah. These, these villagers have been oppressed for so long and it's like them rising up and taking. I mean, the guy couldn't exactly fight back. It was a bit harsh, but yeah, a bit one-sided. But also, he definitely deserved it. Absolutely. Like if you're if you're being set up as the most villainous villain to ever villain, you're gonna have a pretty nasty death. And the show basically that's the yeah. show. We already know that it's gory. Yeah. From the introductory fight, but now it's kind of putting its stake in the sand and saying, "Look, it's gonna get uncomfortable." <laughs> the gore is pretty intense. There's <laughs> there's a bit that my mind jumps to. When he when he first meets the the conductor of this whole thing, the guy in the corridor. Oh yeah, and, it, and there's just like that, that spurt of blood that just goes. It's a proper squelch noise as well. It's just and it just drops to the floor. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. Um, but yeah, this um, the the, the this uh, I don't want to get all poetic and and everything, but there's something I don't know whether it's when you get poetic I don't know whether it's fictional or whether it's something from history but you know when something just triggers something in your head and this Mm -hmm. you know uh, there's something in history I'm sure it's to do with like a firing line where they all take a shot at someone but only one person's got a live bullet or something and it's so that you don't they don't know who actually did the final blow who actually killed Uh, something to yeah does that ring any bells with you Yes, it does. It's got, everyone got given the gun. Yeah, and everyone pulled the trigger at the, was, at the yeah, same time, and you, and you don't, and you don't yeah, know yeah. who actually. So that there's no culpability. There's no sort of taking the blame. I, I feel like there's something real in history. Some th- th- where this that happened. Sounds that sounds like something that the 
British Army would definitely do to a deserter, or right? Something. Yeah, it's not Private Peaceful, is it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It might <laughs> might be completely fictional, but um, yeah, that the, when the, they all took up arms and they all went and stabbed the guy, that felt like them sort of banding together as well. It's not just like them revolting; it's them sort of accepting responsibility as a group um, yeah. for their actions, which was so quite rather than because because the guy, the leader of the village didn't want to do it, did he? He sort of held the sword and was really reluctant to do it. He was quivering, yeah. but it wasn't until everybody else picked up a weapon and then they all moved as one yeah. that they uh, it worked. I've just googled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How did you find that? Page. Bloody hell! <laughs> Go on. Uh, it just says blank cartridge. Uh, sometimes one or more members of the firing squad may be issued a weapon containing a blank cartridge. In some cases, members of the firing squad are not told beforehand that they are using live ammunition. This is to believed to re- reinforce the sense of diffusion of responsibility mm. amongst the firing squad members. So this is it's not a specific instance. This is something that was common that happened. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. There we go. See, see, there, was, there are things there that... <laughs> see, you come to the universe, you learn about firing squads and yeah. the diffusion of responsibility. Next time you want to beat up your bully for them saying that you like anime and it's a bad take, do it, just get all your mates just to, do it to all beat at once. them up together. Yeah. Then it's all of your fault and nobody, <laughs> no single person could be held accountable. Exactly. Uh, I'm not sure that's... Opinions quite... expressed here on the universe are uh, <laughs> definitely in jest and should not be uh, tried in the real world. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't use us as your get-out-of-jail-free card. We, aren't, we are not legal representatives of any kind. Okay, so anyway, firing squads aside, yeah, pretty badass scene. And that's basically the end of episode two, isn't it? Episode... Yeah. Episode three is basically all about this war, isn't it? It's this battle. Yeah, this kind of siege on this castle um, off in the seemingly eastern regions of this world. And we meet the kind of main players of the Octoberist and a bunch of other drifters, including, but not limited to, uh, Julius Caesar, Hannibal and Billy the Kid. I didn't spot Julius Caesar. Where was Julius Caesar? He was the guy who was fighting with Hannibal. Um, oh right, okay. They call him S something, right? Sicard or something. Yeah, which is one of Caesar's names. I see. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is Julius himself. Ah, and the Octoberists have kind of got their panties in a bunch because these drifters are great leaders and tacticians, and they need to protect them at all costs. But they're about to get completely overwhelmed. So the cowboys, who have Gatling guns and pistols versus fantasy art magics, yeah, um, are going to like escape with them and mm. basically the whole episode is just showcasing um i suppose what a, a typical siege looks like in this fantasy world we've got the frontline orcs and uh dark elves you've got the dragons as your air support and <laughs> yeah which, the human castle just gets wrecked yeah the the, the dragons were particularly um comical with the the way they communicated to them like air support as if they were on radios and stuff it's um yeah quite funny um yeah it's basically lord of the rings it reminds me so much of that final Mm. battle um in uh helm's deep maybe i don't know what's the one in the 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 return of the no the the third one two towers no the third one third oh return of the king it's return of the king Ah. you know they're the very very yeah Nah, nah. It's more like it's more like Helm's Deep from the from the second Lord of the Rings film. Surely, yeah, it's like the yeah. I think I'm getting those two mixed up. The, up. the third one doesn't really happen, does it? No, the third one is they kind of they confront each other and then they're about to fight and then Sauron yeah. explodes. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Man, I should rewatch Lord of the Rings before the Amazon series starts. When's the Amazon series starting? Like a couple of months. Oh, wow. Soon. Dude, I'm, I'm, I've just started listening to the books um, on Audible. Oh. Cause, uh, oh, dude, the books are such a chore, though. Well, look, I've tried reading... I've tried three times to start. Same. same. And I get past... I get to Bombadil, I'm like, oh, finally, <laughs> something interesting's happening. And then, like, it's just 15 more pages of walking and Which, describing fields. Exactly. Which is why I'm doing it on Audible. Listen to the audiobooks and you can sort of zone in and out, miss some of the description, but you still get all the plot, you still get all the gist of what's going on. Honestly, it's, I, so far I've, I've been enjoying it and it's because I'm, I don't need to think too hard about the characters because I've seen the films and I can sort of visualize them. It's, it's a lot easier than, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, I think it's a, a good way to go if you ever want to read the books, but can't actually hammer through them. Yeah. Fun fact, mm. there's a, uh, there's a Lord of the Rings anime film coming out soon brilliant uh, called the war for roharim wow that sounds terrible uh, well you know probably will be but we're definitely going to cover it <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be legolas with his long flowing blonde hair like, legolas is going to look exactly the same <laughs> except <laughs> he's, he's already gonna, an anime boy except he's going to be showing a lot more skin um <laughs> <laughs> i'm here for the legolas fan service and the legolas fan service only <laughs> so anyway drifters drifters um <laughs> Yeah, so what did we think to this uh, big battle? Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, again, super gory, super kind of gritty. And I liked seeing the different tactics on display. Uh, the humans with their archers just kind of shredding the first few waves, but then just getting swamped with numbers. Um, there were some really interesting strategic choices made by each of the leaders. And are there? the units were used really well. Are uh, there? And then a fucking fighter plane turns up in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It just comes out of like it, it, he's a drifter. Excuse me. They they throw a they somehow he manages to get a fighter plane through a door and he comes out. I don't know who this guy is. Is he a histo- I assume he's a historical figure. Yeah, or he's is- like a historical pilot. I think he was one of Japan's kamikaze pilots during the Second World War. Uh, clearly, he didn't crash into a plane. He instead <laughs> just flew into a fantasy world. Yeah. Ah. Oh, uh, that that makes me feel really weird. Yep. It's <laughs> kind of... <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, if you're a kamikaze pilot, you use that tactic, dude. It doesn't mean you're a good pilot generally. Surely those people were trained for one purpose. But hey, he comes in and he starts shooting dragons. Um, which yeah, apparently... He takes a dragon out. He killed a couple of dragons that apparently are, you know, can be destroyed by bullets from the 19... 19- 40s or whatever uh, oh here we go uh now she cano a fighter clay credited with 25 confirmed kills oh so maybe not a kamikaze what? but maybe not a kamikaze his final mission two weeks before the end of the war blah 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 oh his plane is he wasn't a kamikaze pilot we're safe we're safe okay i feel better. we can celebrate this ace pilot instead although as a drifter that's been put into this world you kind yeah. of screwed once you run out of petrol. Right? This is what I'm thinking the whole <laughs> or time. Bullets. Even with the cowboys as well. And the cowboys mention, it's like, oh, we don't have many bullets left. It's yeah. Like, okay, so what are you actually bringing to the table after you run out of ammo? They fire four bullets and it's like, oh, we don't have many left. And then they go on to release about 100 bullets Just, quick yeah. fire. Um, but there are other guns. Are there other guns in this world? I feel like there's other people with guns. Yeah, no... Naga has a gun. 
I think maybe if they, I remember if can, rightly, if they can forge weapons and stuff, maybe they can create ammunition. I think that's one of the plot points later on. It's been so long since I've watched Drifters, but right. I think one of the plot points is they kind of drag the uh fantasy races into the industrial revolution start producing bullets and stuff i think <laughs> nice brilliant i can't properly remember it's like age of empires it's like just leveling <laughs> up i put all my points into science yeah. fuck you <laughs> yeah and yeah the end goal is that corridor at the end just te- the monsters inc corridor as i like to call it it just doors oh, yeah, everywhere with the doors yeah it's, it's an interesting premise to be fair mm. and i kind of I found myself really enjoying watching the spectacle happen, but I just feel like not much else does happen. I think I feel like the pieces are still being laid out on the board. Oh here, yeah, uh, in these first three episodes, um, it's a very good. Which isn't necessarily a criticism. It's just yeah. it's very much it feels like place setter. Yeah, yeah. So, but but even having said that, this these three episodes do do quite a, a good job of creating a mini arc where they end in this big battle and people escape which which i think is is good for us because we've got that sort of closure on those first three episodes yeah and we're kind of set up ready to follow the drifters as they kind of try to recoup themselves and meet up and fight back against what we now know is an established power in this black king yeah who is just sauron but you know (laughs) <laughs> who do you reckon it is i can't remember off the top of my head who it is oh, but I'm, my money is right because it's got to be a historical figure i didn't even yeah. i didn't even think about it i just thought it was uh, so wait does it it doesn't have to be a historical it could be figure, someone from I this world it could be but i think the fact i mean look man in media if anybody has their face covered by a mask or a hood <laughs> like, it's got to be somebody important that either we already know or is like a big deal. I feel that's what. So I feel he's got to be somebody important. Again, it's been. I watched this as it aired, right? Um. So that was back in 2016. I haven't touched it since. So I'm so you, scraping all right, my yeah. memory logs for this. Okay. Uh, I don't know who it could be. I mean, is it Noah? <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Noah. I don't fucking know. He's got like a weird dragonfly stuff. He's he looks kind of sandy. Uh, okay sure why not yeah i mean is noah a bad guy <laughs> i mean are any of them bad guys i mean it's all it's all a, it's all a it's he, all did, he didn't stop the flood he didn't stop the flood you're right sam you're right <laughs> i think you're the one that's gonna piss off god this week <laughs> <laughs> i'm the one who's gonna get smoked or smitten <laughs> yes <laughs> um yeah i don't know who it is um maybe uh, yeah that's that's one thing to look forward to i guess mm-hmm. yeah where to go next it's kind of weird right because there's again because it's set in the scene with so much stuff there never seems to be a lot happens but none of it feels majorly important because all the arcs kind of seem to just kind of get tied up and are hanging in midair like the drifters know where they are sorry i've got i've, I've got the... i've got to come in there e- either they're tied up or they're hanging in midair i don't know whether they're going to be so obviously so they're up in in the air well, yeah but like don't they have like opposite meanings it's either hanging because it hasn't been tied up or it's been tied up 
you can tie something up and then it starts to hang i mean literally you phys- physically you can but metaphorically <laughs> as you're trying to use these phrases i don't know whether you can i'm gonna backwards verbal gymnastics my way into this they're tied up because they're all there's lots of threads going on they're all interweaving and making a big old knot <laughs> right and they're up in the air and hanging because None of them are... nothing has a resolution yet okay. everything is kind of paused mid arc right, okay like the village is saved but what happens in the resolution we don't know whether the elves are gonna welcome their new drifter overlords mm. or whether they're gonna revolt against them the army destroyed the town and the guys are on the run but we don't know where they're going what's going on with the fucking plane guys? so is this a criticism or is this How just much... a, an observation it's uh, i think it's a, it's a little bit of both it's it's partly criticism because i feel like i want to talk about the plot but the plot is mm. two sides fighting against each other yeah. here's some battles yeah that's it no that's that's Whereas, fair. i think that's uh, but talking about but but this is this show isn't designed for us to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> but I I do have to say though, it, talking about individual aspects, as soon as you zoom in on one part of that really vague mission statement of the show, mm. like we talk about that very first battle scene, which was really well choreographed, really cool to look at. We talk about the siege scene and the sheer mass of people that are moving and the cg holds up i don't think i really notice any wonky cg apart from maybe the dragon Mm -hmm. we talk about the comedy moments which sometimes hit sometimes they miss but generally they're still fairly amusing yeah um yeah i think zooming in it's pretty good it's just hard to talk about for an extended period of time because it's like it's a war yeah yeah yeah. there is um a lot going on and because we're we're so early on in this series we don't know as probably as much as we need to to be able to unpick it properly plot wise but i still think like there are some amazing like the animation in this the colors and everything just we said it right Mm. from the top but i just love it i i I really sort of it reminded me of um you, you know i on youtube i watch a lot of artists creating yeah. uh character designs they use uh, alcohol markers and it reminded me of the vibrancy and the contrast between those colors just just really sort of fired neurons um triggering that sort of um feeling and it was just really really artistically beautiful um yeah the um character designs in general in this are absolutely stunning yeah and um that comes from the author who is called kota hirano and he created another series called Helsing, which enjoys similar praise for the way that the characters are designed and his drawing style in general. And I think it transitions to anime really, really well. Yeah. My only slight criticism um, in terms of animation is that we get lots of really big bursts of really cool stuff. So that first fight, yeah. the fight in the village, yeah. the uh, the war scene, and that's kind of intercut with a lot of this chipification of dialogue scenes and scenes where lots of people are just sitting around and not a lot is moving. Mm. And I get that you, when you're expositing, that's the time to kind of save on drawings and save on yeah. talent mm. and to push yeah. that into the key moments. It's, it's something that any show is going to have to deal with. Yeah. And I think the Drifters does a really good job of keeping those scenes of limited animation still really compelling because the character designs look so good or it's played for laughs yeah no i i I think that's fair but also yeah like you like you've said there completely understandable you could you you, if you're going to invest so much in these fight scenes and stuff which absolutely land then you have to Mm. you have to skimp in other places that's just the way 
the way it works, unfortunately. Um, the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> the way the sheaf caves that man's skull in. Yeah. The way that, um, what's the, uh, no, not Nobunaga? Nobunaga? Nobunaga. Nobunaga. Um, the way he, um, shoots that guy through the helmet when they, when they, when they're running through the forest and they come across mm. those two elves and the guards are chasing them, the, the, the bad guys. Um, and he fires a bullet and it just goes straight through the guy's helmet in between the eyes. <laughs> and then, Ooh. and then he's, who is it? I don't think it's him. It's either him or, uh, our main dude, um, to who basically says, he kills two guys because they don't speak Japanese. He's like, speak Japanese. <laughs> like, if you don't speak Japanese, then you're going to die. And then just kills them. <laughs> like, Blimey. Yeah, ah, any maybe excuse. racism is a problem on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just any... Well, I, th- I feel like any excuse to kill him. It's like, ah, oh, your shoelaces are untied. You deserve to die. <laughs> Leave me your head. <laughs> yes. What do we think about his catchphrase? Leave me your head. I, I think it's, I think it, it, he, he abandons it fairly quickly when he gets to the, it, 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 to the village. To the village. He's, he's really sort of, you know, pushing it like, leave me your head. And then the, do it. And then Lannister. Yes. Or Nobunaga. Lannister. He's just so bad that he's like, you can, I don't even want your head. You, you keep your head. That's not going anywhere Give near me your life instead. Yeah, yeah. That's going nowhere near my trophy cabinet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jamie Lannister. I forgot his first name. I was, I was just complete mind blank. Anyway, um, so that pretty much takes us to the end of episode three. Is there anything else you want to discuss odds and ends wise? Uh, we need to touch on the OP and the ED. We do. We do. Ha. Huh. Yeah, there's no way we're missing those. Um, oh. Okay, they, they both smashed it, I think. I, yeah, 100%. Yeah. OP is, uh, is, is a remix of Gospel of the Throttle by Minutes Till Midnight. Yes, so I thought it's like it's a Western song. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, my favorite band. Oh, yes. Um, it's, it's a Western band that they actually got the rights to and like truncated down into an anime opening. I absolutely adore the kind of sketchy outline yeah. style of the, all of the races and the characters and then these super hyper focused drawings of the, of the main cast. Especially with the boob bounce of the uh, particular yeah, Octoberist. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm so glad you spotted that. I, I wrote that. I wasn't going to comment on it. Um, it's the only sketchy etchy really you get in this entire series. It's just in this yeah. in the OP. It's just this very subtle boob bounce in the background. It's like really, really okay, right? And um, just to completely sidetrack, we'll come back to the OP. But the speaking of character designs again, the leader of the Octoberists. Mm. When they cut to him oh, cool. sitting sexy, in his, isn't he? yeah, they cut to him sitting in his chair. Um, I was like, "That's pretty sort of pretty dope." Um, you can you, you can see that at, like um, conventions all day long, people dressing up like that. Yeah, dre- yeah it's this similar to kind of the Full Metal Alchemist effect, where you g- introduce this fantasy world and a military within the fantasy world, like Attack on Titan with the with the scouts. Yeah, yeah. Every convention is going to have because it's a, it's a cheap and easy cosplay to pull. Right. So you're going to have people who are going after the scout jackets yeah. or the Octoberist jackets or the um, our mistress military jackets from FMA, right. and it looks good. I have to say. Just the way that he's posed in the chair, he just exudes this aura of being the most badass person in the room. It's also, it just looks cool. It looks cool, but it's also the fact that it's so out of place. At least the other guys, yeah. you know, because they're from like historical 
periods where everything was sort of um in the in the more low tech well yeah low tech yeah right low tech uh in in nature fighting battles out on the on on the plains or on the plains in the forest out on the plains <laughs> um <laughs> and then this guy this guy from modern day in his sort of captain's sailor outfit it's just so yeah random and out of place but it just it just pops and uh yeah it's quite cool um yeah the op the soundtrack in general to this the, throughout oh, yeah, throughout yeah. the whole what's what do you call it what, what's what do you call the soundtrack that runs through the ost the ost yes that's the one yeah really good uh the music in general is really sort of uh yeah was it the op that sort of had a real lull to it in the middle and then sort of built up again towards the end or was that the ed I don't know, one of them did it. No, that was the ED. The ED kind of starts really kind of high energy yeah. as we get, again, this kind of like inked out version of the characters performing scenes uh, from the show and other bits. And then it kind of lulls, like a nice little reprieve. And it jumps back in with this dragon just getting absolutely torn apart by the aeroplane. And I'm just like, yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good earworm. It's a good combination you know, you don't see it very often, a really good combination of aeroplanes and dragons. You just, it's just not something. <laughs> it's just not something you get nowadays. <laughs> it, I, Man, I feel like there's a show in there. It would be a really good choice. I, is, if, what if we could combine like fighter planes and dragons fighter into planes, like, a, yeah, a cohesive well, I, show? I hadn't thought about that. How would you do that? I mean, I guess really good. you'd have to make the planes big and you have to make the planes big enough for the dragons to fit in right trying to fit inside yeah. but um, would that would that work how would it all snap together do you think how could we get past that uh i think you'd glaring design just, floor? just suck them in just just suck them in like <laughs> like some sort of vacuum cleaner from the inside just suck is this is this really week three on three that we're kicking <laughs> dragon pilot <laughs> uh, i don't i'm not even sorry Look, man, that I'm sorry, but that show ha- has actually actively offended me. Yeah. It, it, there's just something about it yeah. that just every time somebody mentions it now, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> absolutely, such a waste of my time. Yeah, yeah. So the OP and ED both very, very high quality. Both slap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Best part of the OP is when the song goes na 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 na. Yes, and all of the characters yes. are singing along sketchy like, characters oh, yeah it's very uh absolutely very horror-esque it's like a like a like yes. a music video or something uh yeah it's cool very nice amazing all right any more odds and ends will before we uh head on to our questions I don't think so i think that's pretty much it i think yeah let's move on to the big three questions have you got anything else nope let's do Brilliant. it did you know that siri is racist uh, because I asked, I, I, <laughs> when I was making my when I was making my notes, I couldn't I couldn't remember how to spell isekai. So I was like, "Hey Siri, how do you spell isekai?" And it just could not get it. It was giving me vowel sounds. It was giving me acronyms. It just it just couldn't work it out. And it, it even what Siri hates anime confirmed. Yeah. I was like, "This is a very popular word. How do you not know it?" Um, so I had to Google yeah. it again. Isn't I Google it, it every time because I just can never remember. Ask Siri who who's her daddy. No, thank you. No, I'm not having that on my internet search history. On your on your conscience. <laughs> um, okay, so what do we think to concept, Sam? Concepts, uh, isekai battle royale historical figures. Let's fucking yeah. go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty 
pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. <laughs> I don't think I've got any quarrels with the concept. And I think just from that first opening scene and that mm. first episode in general is pretty dope. Like, I think, yeah, I think it executes it fairly well. Yeah, I think execution-wise, it is um, pretty good. Um, the combat is really good. Again, the only thing that I've got to complain about is the kind of, I guess, lack of talking points. But yeah, we've clearly proven that we can talk about it for at least an hour. So you remember, yeah, there's, there's something remember, there. It's it's just I was going to say you yeah. remember Grimgar, which mm. has a lot of yeah. similar elements to this. This does a really good job of keeping you enticed in the overall plot of like what is actually happening yes. here while also versus the in-world battles hyper focusing on the <laughs> yeah i think and yeah the fact that it does throw us into fights so quickly and have us have the conflict actively happening it keeps you engaged and keeps the plot moving forward so yeah i can't fault it too much i think execution it, wise yeah it doesn't have a good. whole episode of them learning to cook in the castle and and uh, you know <laughs> trying to kill did you not enjoy your four minute music <laughs> video well here i did because the music videos were awesome but uh yeah. yeah the jazzy soundtrack as well was like yes. it really amped up those scenes it was really jazzy yeah. jazzy guitar just sort of wow 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 <laughs> one more time <laughs> wow 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 <laughs> uh, how about uh fundamental turnoffs well is there anything here that kind of could perturb a potential viewer without being overly critical no because i think there's obviously the fantasy elements and stuff but you know that's genre and we're not going to pick a i'm not going to pick apart i mean the gore there is the gore yeah how did you feel with the gore if you're squeamish you'd i was pretty okay with it because you're my you're my you're the benchmark benchmark for what it is to be a sign of blood (laughs) (laughs) damn why are you got to be so real? <laughs> yeah, I think the the gore is pretty intense because there are people getting bisected and beheaded, but I don't think it's too graphic. Like you're not seeing the inner workings of each person as they get cut up. It's like a, usually just a big flash of red and then two body pieces go in opposite yeah. directions. Um, I think the worst part is the sheath yeah. bashing. Um, but again, we don't... S- even though we see the impact, it's darkened on his face and also it cuts away to show the teeth coming out. We don't actually see the impact yeah. causing it. And the implication almost worse than the uh, reality. I, I don't know. I think the reality would be pretty bad as well. But um, you talked about it at the beginning, the target audience for this is older sort of age age group anyway. Yeah, it's semi. It, it, you've got so a what? It's like 18 year olds. Oh, sorry. I thought you said semi. Anyway, um, <laughs> only after that boob jiggle right, right? yeah and, and <laughs> that moves us nicely onto the sketchy etchy there really isn't any yeah you can't really say it. i think from memory i think the sketchy etchy now does ramp up because from the post credit scene uh we were introduced to this uh octoberist right member. yeah um, is, is that that that's weird that that's quite McGee. an important plot point that's put post credits yeah it is it is an odd choice i can't remember if Drifters did that a lot where they ended the I think it's maybe because of adapting a different chapter so the chapter where they make the escape happens and then they decide to adapt the first part of the chapter where they discover her and find out about the world I guess that w- which is quite humorous because they all just decide to 
not help. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they, um, they'll go over that in the next episode again, sort of to reiterate what's actually going on. Cause it, it you know, that's a yeah. big reveal that these people are watching them and that what their actual purpose is here and why that they've brought them here to reunite against the end. Um, yeah, you could, you could imagine watching it week to week and then just like going, oh, okay, credit, yeah. turn it off. And then next week being like, what? <laughs> when did this happen? Who's, who is she? she it's come- also, it's also kind of like goes, it goes sort of like acknowledging your point where like not a, much happens plot wise to be able to talk about. They've sort of done all this big action stuff where you don't really learn too much. And then they throw all the information mm. at you after, all of after the credits. Like, this is actually what's going on. <laughs> ha ha. Yeah. We know that this is just an action. It's almost acknowledging that fact. So maybe they did that deliberate. Yeah. It's almost lampshading yeah. it a bit. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. You see that. But yeah. That, I think that's it. For, going forward, I think the sketch yet she does again, it turns itself up because she's wearing like a, such a tight t shirt and like mini skirt. And I think she's the focus of all of the sketch yet But in these first three episodes, yeah, it's fine. Um, so final question do you want to watch more will i i do want to watch more yeah i I do i think um i mean i've already alluded to the fact that i'm listening to lord of the rings and things uh fantasy worlds they're not like my be all and end all i take them or leave them but i do enjoy them and um this sort of it does a really good the, the animation and the action is enough to grip you the concept is enough to keep you there because who doesn't like isekais? Um, and everybody in Japan <laughs> loves an isekai. Everybody in the world loves an isekai. That's why it's the only fucking genre this season. <laughs> and the the historical figures are interesting enough to sort of make you want to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah, I think there's more than enough there to keep me going and keep me engaged. I think there are elements to it that it's very busy. There's some of the chibifiedness is a bit over the top and mm. but then again it gets it's, it, it gets to the point where it, you laugh because it's so over the top and it's you sort of just yeah. acknowledge that and you sort of laugh it off and move on i think coming from such an intense amount of violence and action to then just have these characters sitting down and angrily plucking ducks together is actually quite a nice humorous bit yeah and it does land yeah so yeah, I I think I I want it to get in. To be fair, I think if you're looking for something fantasy compared to what we've looked at before, we've looked at a couple. I think this yeah, a couple of isekai so far. Yeah, but but specifically this genre. When you think of um, Grimgar and you think of what's what's uh, Horizon, um, Log Horizon, Log Horizon. Yeah, that sort of yeah. fantasy world style style of isekai. I think this is probably the best one yeah I, I think the setup's really really interesting really intriguing and there's clearly a magic system at play there because we've got the magical orbs and yeah we, we see these characters with powers i think yeah i think it seems rich it seems like a ri- like log horizon seemed although it was it was good and it, i think it got into the universe it was still fairly generic with its concepts you know it was these- that was the coin flip i think it was the coin flip yeah coin flip oh. gate <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it was fairly yeah, gen- I think, generic. I think Drifters deserves a place. Yeah. All right, brilliant. Because it manages it. it it's an interesting concept. It's really smooth in its execution. And in general, you want to find out more about it. You want to see what other kind of characters are going to turn up, what they're going to do. I mean, we've got Julius Bloody Caesar and Hannibal yeah. working together. Just imagining what those guys could do 
is enough to make me want to keep watching more. And I think actually I will revisit and finish off the rest of this series uh, before next week. I don't. I don't think that this will go as in depth as I want it to. But I've got. It does have the potential to go very Attack on Titan esque with like the world building because it's got these like yeah. different sides that have clearly been battling for a long time. You don't really know what their motives are long term. You've got these mm. orbs and magic and fighting and real life historical figures and stuff so there's so much there you could build such a really immersive world um i don't know whether they will but yeah it's um there's a lot of potential there yeah cool sounds good well well done drifters you've made it into the universe we reckon that you are a show that we could (coughs) (coughs) i've been smoked We reckon that you are a show that we could show to a complete noob and get them hooked on the genre. Though, word of warning, do not show this to your 10-year-old child. Definitely for one of our older fans who are looking to get involved. So, well done. Should I? That did sound like I was like supposed to like go into something that's, else there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of ended the well done with like a halfway <laughs> through the sentence. That's fine. Um, yeah, so if you guys have uh, enjoyed the episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get all of our episodes in your feed, wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Discord, and Facebook, and wherever else you can find us. Uh, we would love to engage with you, and <laughs> we would love to engage with you uh hello 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 listener <laughs> it's me it's just me and you um here to me here's me <laughs> no uh yeah hit us up with your questions give us your suggestions let us know what you thought of drifters um and let us know what you want us to listen to in the future we uh what what are we listening to next week sam tell us what we're listening to before we before we move into slice of life well dear listeners next week we are going to be heading from the world of isekai to the world of a gritty Tokyo underbelly as we explore the grim, gritty, bloody world of Tokyo Ghoul. Ooh, I've heard of that one. I get that reference. Awesome. (laughs) Yes, Tokyo Ghoul is next week's show. Uh, So if you want to watch the first three episodes of that and then join us back here next week, then that would be lovely. So you're in the same position as us. Or if you want to binge the whole thing (laughs) and tell us that we're stupid for only watching the first three episodes, or if you've never seen it before and just want to come and listen to two Brits shit out anime opinions, (laughs) then please do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to go into slice of life where we just catch up on things we've done Uh, in the week. We uh, talk about what shows we've watched, what things we've listened to. And um, yeah, generally have a chit chat if you don't want to stick around we'll see you next week otherwise uh we'll see you in slice of life bye bye welcome to shit you didn't know and now you do episode four now we all know smoking's bad but do you know who the first people were to create an anti-smoking campaign it was the nazis i know right Ah, brilliant. What a relaxing time. I know. To be here. Thank you for that fun fact, by the way. Which fact? I don't know what I've learned yet. Oh, but, right. Uh, that fact. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It was good, wasn't it? That entire segment that you pre-do that I don't know what I'm going to learn until I actually edit the video. So it's educational for all of all of us. But <laughs> this is Slice of Life, Will. Yes. It's a bit more low key. Mm. We're catching up on what we've watched, what we've checked out. And whether the man who fixed your door last week will be joining us for Slice of Life this week. Nope, he's, uh, he's got the day off today. Um, so we, we've, we've got some time to actually have a proper chat. Um, what have you been up to this week, Sam? What's, what's, what's on your list of things to, t- things to talk about? 
There's things to talk about. Uh, well, Neo, The World Ends With You, uh, a PS4 game and Switch game came out this week, which is the sequel to a DS game that I was obsessed with in 2007. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> I know there's a lot of like mental gymnastics yeah. to go through there. Um, basically, this game came out in 2007 called The World Ends With You. Uh, it was a JRPG, Japanese role-playing game for the DS. Where Wait, there's an acronym played... for a Japanese role-playing game? Yeah, it's a specific genre. Like, this is the genre that I'm obsessed with. Like, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, that all comes under JRPG oh. because they're made and uh, distributed primarily in Japan versus just an RPG like Skyrim or Fallout, which are made in the West. I see. Mm. But yeah, Twerry, um, The World Ends With You, was one of the things that kind of really got me into Japanese culture. It was one of the things that kind of really sparked my joy for what modern Japan is like because you play as this angsty teen and of course in 2007 weren't we all angsty teenagers in spirit at least um, <laughs> I mean if you were born in the same year as us yes <laughs> <laughs> so like it's you not play quite how time works um, I don't know man I feel like anybody can identify as a teenager if they really want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah but not specifically from 2007 is my argument fair play fair play but in in this game, you play as this uh, teenager running around uh, the Shibuya ward of Tokyo, and it's got this really heavily underground Japanese music-inspired soundtrack that is absolutely incredible. The gameplay was phenomenal, and the story really kind of hit home for the time. And 14 years later, we're finally graced with a sequel. And honestly, it's just as good as the first one, and really, really kind of recaptures that magic. So I've been spending a lot of time playing that this week, awesome. uh, which has been wonderful and the only other thing is that tomorrow tomorrow i'm going to the premiere of my hero academia world heroes mission the newest entry in the movie franchise of my hero academia i'm so excited i wouldn't know anything about that sam because i haven't watched it yet I know. It's almost like I've been purposefully holding off on <laughs> my hero academia for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's that sounds awesome. It's, it's it's kind of a big deal, right? This uh, ac- this academy huge. for heroes, uh, as it's this commonly academy known. of mine. Yeah. That's that's what we call it over here, academy of heroes. Yeah, my hero is arguably after One Piece the biggest shonen right now. Okay, just because. It's the longest running as well. It's just celebrated its seventh anniversary. And the manga is insane at the moment. It's so good. The TV show, its fifth season is currently airing and everybody's really enjoying it. There's a few criticisms about the order of things that are happening, but you know, yeah, we'll get there one day, Will. One day you will find out about this mythical magical world i I trust your judgment sam and uh i'm happy to hold off until you episode 100 yeah (laughs) well it a thousand years it feels like it's got that kind of weight to it but hey ho we'll see what happens i mean episode 100 who knows where we'll be by then it might just be a case of true that's like a revisited of all our favorite episodes and like what do you know what i mean like it could be a special sort of it doesn't have to be could be an actual anime but hey we'll see that's a, a long time in the future Indeed. Uh, how about you? What have you been up to in your slice of life this week? Oh, I have done a lot. Um, I've been, I've, I've, I've been reading a lot. Uh, I say a lot. I've been reading a lot for me. So I've read reading a lot or being read too. No, bit of both. Um, I was listening to Lord of the Rings on 
audible as i've said um mm-hmm. i've been i've finished the name of the wind which is oh, a phenomenal book by patrick rothfuss i think um i can never i'm so bad with authors and, and titles and stuff um it's a series of books uh fantasy again but um mm-hmm. yeah really sort of I, i'm not going to just look it up if you want to it's it's an amazing book following quoth um this it's really hard to describe he's it's it's the it's a trilogy that's told over three days um as he's retelling his life story so he basically tells he's telling this scholar this writer his stories in his bar and it sort of jumps between the past and the present as he's telling his story from when he was a child all the way up to adulthood and the first book is Mm -hmm. the first day of stories and it takes him from childhood to mid-teens and um it's re- a really cool narrative device that's like really interesting is like you're listening in on this guy telling you stories and then you just like walk back to each event that's, yeah like that's cool and there's there's stuff going on in the present day so he's like this retired barkeep who's uh telling he's, he's in hiding basically no one knows who he really is um but oh. but quoth is this bigger than life character that everyone has heard of and tells stories of and tell stories about who can do magic who, who's defeated armies who's conquered things and defeated dragons and all sorts and it's he's caused this massive and war. it's just some washed up barky <laughs> yeah basically yeah and he's that's cool it's really honestly it's one of the best books i've read for a while it was recommended by um by the carlin brothers actually <laughs> um <laughs> who are obviously massive harry potter fans and they were like if you like that you might like this so i've given it a go and what's it called again uh the name of the wind the name of the wind yeah okay I, I think i might check it out yeah. i've got an audible subscription waiting to be used so the audible book so I've, I've got i've got the hard book which i read but also i've got the audible as well because i had credits so i was like i'll get that and i'll listen to it when i'm out and i can sort of jump between the two um and the audible version is very very good the the voices and stuff are quite fun um some of them Excellent. not not quite how I'd like it, but uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I, I'd I'd go for it. It's, it's one of my favourites. Um, other than that, oh mate, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm I could ramble about loads. I watched what's uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about um, for, oh, Forest okay. Falkai. Forest Falkai. I, th- I don't know how to pronounce like his multiple name. falcons in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that's that's his name on youtube um he's he's a sci- oh. he's a science teacher lecturer sort of thing he specializes oh, cool. in evolutionary science and he does a lot of uh well he doesn't do a lot of he's he's relatively new um i saw him on tiktok originally but he basically debunks a lot of uh he's, he's, a, he's a strong atheist and he debunks a lot of um religious debunkings of evolution so um and he goes into a lot of, he does a really, really good video on, mm-hmm. um, sexuality and gender, which okay. basically to sum it up in 10 words, he basically explains scientifically and biologically how gender is fluid and we are all on a spectrum from one to another. And it's a, it was a really nice. eye opening video for me that I was like, that fucking makes a lot of sense. Um, and he just talks about how, like, you know, the X and Y chromosomes Excellent. that everyone thinks of is very, very small, has a small contribution to what is actually gender. And there's mm. so many other factors and so many other gen- uh, genes that impact that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. 
Um, Excellent. I think that's really good because I think a lot of, lot of people could stand to watch that video then. So a lot of it went over my head. Like some of the stuff he was talking about <laughs> was... Pre- but but the core message yeah. kind of came through about this kind yeah. of like this gender spectrum, the fluidity. Oh, that's good. That's good. Excellent. And the other thing, um, the final thing that I've done this, this week is started up golf. I bought myself a golf set and I'm going to be playing golf uh, a lot more. Oh my goodness. I haven't played since I was a teenager, but... Uh, I had my first lesson yesterday and I'm trousers. really, really excited. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Getting, getting Driver. Started. Yes. That is one uh, of those things. Nine iron. <laughs> Putter. You are doing so well, Sam. I'm so proud of you. Don't go in the rough pit. Fuck the sand. Bunker. Bunk. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play. Like, my dad was obsessed with golf when I was younger. So I like. Naturally. It sounds like it. You know, you, it's, you're doing a really good My job. My fencing dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Speaking of things that we've been watching, I've been watching SGDQ, which is Summer Games Done Quick, right? Um, which is a charity event held every year um, for the past couple of years where a bunch of speedrunners get together and raise money for Doctors Without Borders and other really good causes by breaking games and playing them as fast as they can so i've been watching some absolutely incredible uh runs there's like loads of different categories speed running in general is is a wormhole you can go down that sounds that just doesn't end uh, I, that sounds really dangerous <laughs> it's so it's so interesting dude there's yeah. like this amazing sonic the hedgehog one run uh that this guy gets multiple pixel perfect tricks in a row live in front of an audience just it's insane yeah so check it out donate if you've got a, a bit of spare cash lying around i i donated last year to save the animals in the metroid run always save the animals yes yeah save them save Indeed. save 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 every animal you can just as you're walking down the street if you see a dog just save it just go over there save take it. it save it doesn't matter if it's on a lead doesn't matter take doesn't it matter save you it see a cat wandering around just pick it up save it save it take save it. it from itself you know Dude, honestly, the stray cats here are so fucking loud. <laughs> I wouldn't save a cat here. No. They just scream. Fair enough. I mean... But I think that's it. Brilliant. I think that's it for me. Yep, that, then that's it from me. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week when we'll t- be talking about Tokyo Ghoul. Take care. Mm. See you in the animals. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>